Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the other verse to take a look at Pact, Wildbo's biggest fake out, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Null, chapters 9.3 and 9.4. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know whether Macaulay goes through with her ritual and murders someone, and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. Okay, I didn't actually expect our tagline to still be like Wildbo's biggest fake out. So it's it kind of took me back applicable. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is, Leah. Man, all right. We're going to go over the summary, and then I get to ask you a great question. Um, So, Blake tried to convince Miss Lewis to help him to no avail. He sees another vision with Rose at the council meeting, who refuses to follow the rules for the lordship contest that they're going to be holding. He is really angry, and he ends up going to the witch's house, who shows him what to do next. Then Blake confronts... uh, I guess his version of Carl and goes into a twisted remake of his traumatic past towards the end. Blake has an epiphany and realizes that he was the vestige all along. What do you think of these chapters, Malia? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Blake's not real. He is a (laughs) lie. I'm going to have to figure out a word that's not real because real isn't accurate because blake is real but this is a lot this whole arc is really good so far and really a lot um yeah but, i mean we get we get Sh- blake's I- backstory we learned that blake's backstory was fabricated we get mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> we get rose being a huge bitch um yeah well l- let's here I'm, I'm gonna just uh <laughs> look up some definitions and first thing i found out um looking at Google, I guess it's pronounced vestige. So sorry, everyone who's been pulling their hair out that I've been pronouncing this wrong for the whole <laughs> podcast. Uh, but I'm going to look up just some Google definitions. Um, says from Oxford languages. Um, so first, um, a trace of something that is disappearing or no longer exists. That's one. That's a noun. Um, also, could be the smallest amount or used to emphasize the absence of something like he waited patiently, but without a vestige of sympathy. Um, also says in biology, it is a part or organ of an organism that has become reduced or functionless in the course of evolution. Like an appendix. Woo! So Blake Blake, is the appendix. appendix. (laughs) He's an appendix. That's that's rough. I mean, (laughs) um, it gets really painful. Um, when it needs to come out and you know I feel like that applies um, its origin is Latin from vestigium which I guess meant footprint uh, oh like tails vestigial tails is that the word for it I'm guessing that that also applies on here um, it's a vestigium <laughs> footprint I don't know um, I guess it used to be used a lot in the 1800s and has declined quite drastically drastically into the modern day so feels um, ironic thankfully this story has brought it back (laughs) which is kind of ironic but (laughs) that's funny yeah Yeah. so blake is the appendix so what does that make rose the 
the rest. <laughs> the rest. <laughs> the, the, the stuff in the appendix that breaks out and kills you. <laughs> she's the stuff in the appendix that breaks out and kills you? Yep. She's not... <laughs> I don't know how that applies because, like, I mean, how how is a vestige made, Malia? You cut off a part, and then you're like, "Here it is." So, what part was he cut off from? I don't know. I'm mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'm sorry. We'll we'll fa- we'll have to face this. We'll give you a break right now. Okay. We'll be facing this more towards the end. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so mad. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna try to make sure I pronounce that word correctly. Um. I've been pronouncing it wrong for a really long fucking time. So <laughs> sorry again. Um, <laughs> so uh, Blake tried to get Miss Lewis to help him, but aside from having no power, Miss Lewis also says it would undermine their current client, Rose. She says, no. <laughs> I mean, you have to have loyalty to your client, which is cool, but also like you made Blake believe this is against the rules of professional responsibility. You made Blake believe that he was your client. He had like definite reason to believe that he was your client. And so you owe him some stuff, probably like confidentiality and shit. Um, I mean, you well, can I mean, fire what if your they, client, but like, what if yeah. they honestly thought that he was their client or like he was their client at the time? See, it's like worse. <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, you can't, you can't do your clients like this, but whatever. Like Even they shouldn't like, be able to represent Rose because of their conflict of interest. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's fine. There probably aren't Do that you many think demon they lawyers care around. As demon- yeah, I was like, they are demon <laughs> lawyers, so I don't know if they care that much sure. about conflict of interest, but um Yeah. Um I was happy it was Ms. Lewis. Um I sort of was thinking maybe it was gonna be all three of them or one of the other ones, but it makes sense that she's the one who would come because the others don't give a shit. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I still, you know, sort of like her. But also, if she's going to come down there, she should not just say no and walk away. She should, you know, be like, like, she does kind of explain and kind of, you know, talk with him about it. Um, but the whole like, it's too late and just literally walking away like, what the fuck? <laughs> um yeah she sort of starts laying on some hints about blake's true nature and i did not get it so that was fun (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah i'm not really sure when to talk about i mean like probably the end is the best time but i don't understand the whole what people remembering him has to do with the fact that he's a vestige um like i don't know why it's significant that blake can remember himself um yeah (laughs) like mags who isn't a vestige right like could remember who she is and who she was even when other people couldn't place her or whatever like if you're the one experiencing it makes sense that you would know who you are or something yeah um but yeah so ms lewis is like you've served your purpose um which makes so much sense given what she knows about blake (laughs) Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, I guess it's weird because if they needed me to bring Rose into the world, they could have just killed me after. And so they must have not killed me to buy Rose time. Um, and I like was like, well, yeah, because, you know, 
you're supposed to help her figure out what to do and they're supposed to be kind of a buffer and like whatever whatever and then she's supposed to step in and take your place and it's like that's all true we just didn't understand um which one was the real one and which one wasn't and i like i said i i need a better word than real so the idea that the quote-unquote real world is the material plane or whatever um i think i might try to start saying material when i mean Hmm. when i'm instead of real um which is fun because then i get to like sing that song yeah rose and i am a material girl (laughs) 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 said diamonds are a girl's best friend yeah i think yeah i don't remember that's like from another version yeah um it's also like uh i think material girl by madonna i think that's Hmm. like the original one but then it also was in uh yeah i think that was the original (laughs) one and then it was like they added that to the moulin rouge because i don't think that was originally part of the diamonds are a girl's best friend right probably not Mm -hmm. yeah it just does work yeah um yeah, I mean, it just, like, it made sense thinking that Rose was designed as a custom heir. Um, but, yeah, then we think more about it later and we figured out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I still don't understand where Rose fits, Rose, where Laird fits into this. Um, mm-hmm. It's like Laird knew, don't know why. Like, I get that he had trained under Grandma Rose and she had probably talked to him about it or something. Um, but I don't get why <laughs> i guess and i'm not sure if i'm supposed to at this point um yeah yeah it's hard to say it's also hard because i still don't know like no one's m- mentioned laird since he died um presumably they remember him and they remember that he died but maybe they can't remember how like they probably can't remember how um mm-hmm. like i'm not certain what people remember and what they don't and so that makes it hard in my mind to figure some stuff out um sure. in terms of yeah everything uh yeah um i think it's interesting that ms lewis acknowledges that blake can't give up um i think this is probably one of the qualities that was given to blake similar to his traumatic or yeah his trauma that made him not want to experience physical touch um i think blake's extreme persistence i guess um stubbornness mm-hmm. um Certainly seems like a Thorburn quality, but also the way Ms. Lewis acknowledges it seems to be like, oh, yeah, of course you can't give up. Like, literally. Because <laughs> we that's how we made you. Um, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, then they start talking about the whole, like, a domain or forgotten god <laughs> might be near here, lol. And, like, mm-hmm. I can get the whole forgotten god thing, right? Like, it's a very, like, we've already, in Pale, we see a little bit about deities and... Um, this is very Terry Pratchett concept of like the more people who pray to you and believe in you, the more power you have or whatever. Um, and so I can get that. Like if everyone stops worshiping you, you would fall through uh, into this place. Um, uh-huh. And you'd still probably be fairly fucking powerful because you, whatever. Um, but like a domain, like, like I guess I don't, really understand what happens to domains after the practitioner dies i mean we know a little bit that they can last (coughs) kind of as like bulwarks and we know that they're like permanent changes they they never you can never really give them back and stuff even if you die um Mm -hmm. and the idea of a domain like falling into a pit i don't Mm -hmm. get it i don't get it i mean 
impaled? Do you remember any- hearing anything about that about the ruins or oh, like? God. No. <laughs> I need to start rereading Pale. That's one of the things I've learned. Um, yeah, because I'm sure you have time for that. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting point, Jenny. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, they just might not have run into them yet. It's a big. Sp- it's a big place. Yeah, I mean, we still don't really know what this place is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very willing to believe it's not the ruins. Blake refers to it as drains with a capital D, I think. But no one has... Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone was like, you are in the drains, bitch. Like, yeah. Yeah, and we haven't heard of what the drains <sighs> means. Right. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Um, so <laughs> after that unfortunate interaction... Um, Blake sees another vision um, oh my God. of the Jacobs Bell Council meeting where they're discussing rules for the upcoming Lordship contest. And Rose straight up is like, no, I'm not doing any of this shit, but I'm going to participate. But I'm not following any rules. And she basically like drops the mic and walks out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. It's just what did Rose know and when did she know it continues to be the mantra um i'm pulling up the chapter but because i'm having a problem remembering that maggie is mags um sure i always want to say maggie okay and Mm -hmm. i just wanted to check and see if blake still called her maggie but that wouldn't make sense and it is mags okay um i this part was really curious to me because i thought we were gonna start switching perspectives between blake and other people within the story um Mm -hmm. and i'm glad that we don't technically do that here because i like wild those structure of the first person perspective protagonist and then flopping flopping like flipping over into third person in specific chapters i don't know i i like mm-hmm. that um and so figuring out at the end that this is just blake is seeing all of this happen was kind of a relief because i was like are we in mags's perspective like are we in Sandra's perspective? I couldn't like, are we in Rose's perspective? Like I couldn't quite figure it out. Um, he never yeah. gets quite close enough to any of them in particular, um, which makes sense. Cause it's Blake. Um, <sighs> yeah. The Blake talks about how this isn't like an official proper meeting necessarily because she's not like Sandra isn't standing behind the altar. Um, mm-hmm. and like my Catholic sensibilities, like fucking lost it. I was like, they would speak from behind the altar. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> she got so bad. Like, the idea of people, like, obviously, like, this, yeah, this presumably can't be a Catholic church, um, because, my God, um, like, the idea of, like, <laughs> even a priest doing this outside of mass, you know, like, no, like, yeah. no, like, no, like, no. Um, I don't know, something about that was, like, this huge visceral reaction of, like, how dare you? Like, how dare you bastards? Yeah. Right. Like, um, churches use their um, churches, parishes use their churches or whatever for assemblies and stuff. Often it's convenient. There's like sound system and places to sit and whatever. And you can fit a lot of people in there. Mm-hmm. But you would never stand behind, behind the, the altar. Fucking altar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you, you just don't do that. You don't do it. You don't even stand at like the ambo or whatever. Like, no. you just, you get a mic and you stand in front of the whole stage you probably thing. wouldn't even i mean i feel like people would stand i don't even know if i'd stand on the stage probably stand in front of it right but yeah um what is this, the sanctuary that might be the word yeah mm. um so that was 
funny. It's also interesting here that again, I what the fuck is up? Like Laird's dead, right? But and like fuck Duncan and you don't even live here. But like it's just Sandra standing up there and like not another behame, um, which is interesting. But also fuck Duncan. Why don't we know? Like there's there's so, there's some aunt whose house Butt Munch destroys or whatever. Not Butt Munch. I always oh god Dick Swizzle. Um, mm. like surely there are other fucking behames other than like this jackass. Like I want Duncan to go. <laughs> I don't know why I just like don't like him at all, but I'm just like please leave. I really like the word swizzle mm-hmm. for some reason. Just what's the etymology of swizzle? Probably something I don't know. What's the meaning of swizzle? Um, to drink, especially to excess or to guzzle. Yeah, I did not cool. know that. Yep. Cool. Yep. That's really funny. Um, alternate in bartending, um, swizzles are sour style drinks with a similar composition to a punch. That distinctively must be turned with a swizzle stick. Oh, I think so, I've seen those. So, do you think Dick Swizzle's thing is like going and swizzling drinks with its dick? Oh, uh, yes, has to be right. Has right. Be. Well, because I, you know, I was just thinking like sucking people's dicks or whatever. Like, okay, but no, I think you're definitely on the right track <laughs> with what. Yeah. Wow, I think that's. That's really so much f- more fun. I'm so That's glad so much more fun. Out. <laughs> <sighs> what kind of properties do you think it gives to the drinks? I mean, besides being just disgusting. Really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you think it just makes everyone sick? Yeah. I mean, there, it's probably something to do with, like, urine and probably something to do with, like, sex and, like, you know, different. Awful. I feel like all goblins just must have, like, nasty <gasps> UTIs at all time. Oh, God. Because I'm like, I know, okay, so, like, urine is sterile as long as it's still in, like, in your bladder. Because, um, you know, like, that one, like, dodgeball, or at least my husband says it all the time because he's fucking weird. He's like, like, what, like, I like urine, or I drink urine because it's sterile and I like the taste or something. Do you, do you remember that? No, but it's been a very long no, time since I've seen that. it's been a long time since seen that. Once it comes out of your urethra, it ain't sterile anymore, people. Just so you know, I mean, I don't know how many of you are drinking your own pee. Um, hopefully none, but... Disgusting question! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but it's <laughs> part of the uh, purpose of urine coming out of your urethra is to help uh, wash out all the uh, little germs that are make constantly trying to make their way up and give you a uti or a bladder infection and so if you hopefully if everything's working right you're flushing all that stuff out as well um but i bet just goblins just must have just nasty ass like (laughs) cloudy (laughs) disgusting looking urine at all times so i hate that so much (laughs) yeah at least some at least dick swizzle because i mean come on yeah yep like he had like that's he has to like that's his name you know Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the nicer goblins don't, but I don't know. It just seems like it makes sense to me. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. We'll save that discussion question for the end. See how many answers we get on it this time. It's probably a stark contrast to this last to one. This week, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. So the right. So everyone's all the main people are here. Um. And I'll talk about them a little bit as we talk about their. Well, yeah. Um, but Rose, Alexis, Hi, and Tiff show up. 
And they all have summoned others with them, which I kind of hate. Scary. And they're kind of scary. Yeah. So I I feel like I should make some speculations about what these are, and I don't know, but let's try it. Okay. <clears throat> Alexis has a knight in rusted armor. So maybe this is some sort of and they're all gonna be creepy, right? Because like Rose probably was like this one. So this could be like an incarnation of something or uh maybe a suit of armor that was so like you saw so many bad things that it abssorbed its bad the blood of the wearers and kind of became mm. animated I don't know um That's I mean spooky. Yeah, Alexis does like uh protecting people um mm-hmm. so that's I kind of was like okay that sort of fits with her um Ty has Evan who looks mangy um and also a hulking brute of a man draped in d- strips of desiccated flesh and or seaweed which is fun <laughs> um yeah I mean <coughs> maybe yuck. this is like yeah, like the monster from the Black Lagoon or whatever, like just like a a dude who went and killed campers. Uh. And just looks, yeah. I don't really know what that has to do with Ty. That's kind of. S- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have some. Yeah, I'm just like. Sorry, go. We can go through all the others first, and then I'm gonna <laughs> go to my. Um, and comments. then Tiff has a small child with white hair and pale pink eyes whose lower face is hidden by a scarf. Um, Tiff has been pretty timid and the one who seems to regret this decision the most. So this sort of tracks with her vibes as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, is it like it doesn't have a mouth or it has a mouth with like 18 rows of like jagged teeth or like if it unwraps the scarf, its head falls off. Like it's something, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I remember that story. Yep. That's a good story. What a story. Um, um, but yeah, you were. what were you going to say about this? I just had a couple thoughts. Like, is that... <laughs> I guess for one, like, that man draped in seaweed and flesh, that's got to smell so bad. Oh my god! Like, so freaking bad. Um, <laughs> like, holy crap. Like, they made wow. a fucking entrance just with that guy. <laughs> Not to mention... The knight in rusted armor, like, I don't know how rusted the joints are, but, like, like how that's loud. gotta, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Um, that's probably not what it sounds like, but, um, which it could be really intimidating, but it's also, like, <laughs> also, maybe, like, I mean, maybe, I feel like it, maybe the joints aren't rusted that much. I feel like that would hinder movement, too, because I can see them, like, trying to, like, mm. you know, leave all cool after this and the night's just slowly like <laughs> you know <laughs> well maybe maybe the little girl is so pale and her hair is so white that she's so like shiny that it hurts to look at her so they just assault all of your senses right? like, <laughs> yeah i saw all of your senses like <sighs> the first thing i thought of was pink eye which i mean technically she does have pink eyes but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean obviously not pink eye that does seem really scary and i don't even know why it just seems really like really creepy um yeah i feel like she's almost scared like or almost seems scarier than the flesh seaweed man i don't, I don't even know why well, that's interesting no i think she seems pretty cute <laughs> i feel like part of it's just like the like that whole thing like in um men in black you know we're like in the beginning we're 
um, he shoots that girl in the like. Oh the yeah, 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 yeah. Fake girl in the face because it's like, oh, she has like a fucking physics like quantum whatever, physics. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> like she's obviously not normal, and so I'm like, for having this little small child, like with all these other creepy ass looking people, she's got to be. There's got to be something super like up with her or him. Did it say it was a she? I'm just I might be assuming that. Oh, interesting. I assumed it was a girl, but it I don't think it said the child. Yeah. Yeah. The child. It just something about that's creepy. Yeah. And then Rose is just like channeling like granny, which is interesting. I mean, I like that she still wears old lady clothes. <laughs> um stuff like this is fun considering that we learned that she's the material one. Um and so I mean, I wonder like I guess a speculation or thought or question I have is like how much did they take out of her when they made Blake? You know, like mm-hmm. did they her um, fashion? <laughs> well, that's like right. Like, did they 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 take away parts of Rose and change her, or is she still basically the same? Um, <laughs> kind of makes she, you wonder. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just thinking like when her family sees her because obviously they're gonna, I guess, think that you know she's the one with them all the time i wonder if like the old lady closes something new or it's always been like oh my gosh rose has always just worn like the old like <laughs> really old-fashioned stuff <laughs> you know because yep. in the beginning it seems like i mean she was wearing it for convenience because that's all that she had but who knows maybe she was just uh she kind of she i feel like admit- talked about it right like uh like these are the clothes but it was like molly's are right there like <laughs> Mm-hmm. like oh no there's no other clothes i can find like literally <laughs> molly's are right there. no i can't find anything <laughs> yeah um but yeah and so she has corviday because of course she does and it's awful yeah. and i hate it and of course like he and mara like s- smile kind of like each other it was so funny and she doesn't notice <laughs> which i was like oh fucking course <laughs> like that's not that's a bad sign yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Corbinate, yeah, the, he gives off like Fey vibes to me sometimes, where it's like the mm. the he feels like tricksy and conniving, and um, yeah, like he he likes the drama and he likes to fuck with people just to like watch it, which feels very very. Um, I was I was thinking very briefly about less because presumably these are others mentioned in the books, and so they're like on the somewhat related to possibly being associated with demons ish side but i was trying to think of like what are some others that you can summon that aren't scary as fuck and like the only ones i can really think of that like don't look scary are fairy which like you know (laughs) are you talking about like fey are you talking about like little the little like oh you could do the little the little dudes yeah that wouldn't be very intimidating though that'd be sort of embarrassing no <laughs> are you I trying mean, they're, to find they're intimidating like, ones okay fucked, uh, but like just like you ones that like, you would have as your any like type of yeah. like godliness type of oh you know maybe but that yeah or if you brought a fucking angel that'd be intimidating yeah <laughs> yes it would Mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know because i was like of course they bring these like creepy ass things and then i was like oh but it's the other verse like what options do they have i mean she's also a diabolist so she's probably like you know she's got the creepy stuff at her disposal right um but like there's like like in pale the uh library animus you know 
Like, oh, she's great. Yeah, she's great. Like, I don't think she's like inherently spooky unless you fuck with her books. You know, right? The lost um, are often not too spooky, spooky, but are fucking weird. But like, yeah, that's a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, God, and so then, so they're like, oh, you have friends, lol. Um, like, they're, you know, they're like, oh, you have a cabal and she's like i haven't taught them anything that would qualify them as a cabal not yet and i'm like wait no <laughs> i <laughs> <laughs> this is so bad <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if <clears throat> blake ever made tiff swear that she wouldn't ever learn anything from the books but alexis and ty definitely did and again like mm-hmm. what do what does anyone remember what do the spirits remember what's even like real but also yeah no it's not blake it's one of them that's gonna get forsworn and i hate it oh the spirits don't remember they might not have to worry about it right yeah but we don't know what anyone remembers yep (laughs) i find it fairly plausible that um alexis and ty don't remember rose wasn't there so she might not even know and then but the spirits remember enough. And like Isadora probably or whoever. I don't know. It's awful. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, oh my God. And then their others don't even sit down. Like first they don't sit next to them, which is rude. And then they don't sit down, which is so extra. Like, uh, yeah, just chill. Just sit. <laughs> just chill. <laughs> um. Yeah. And then Rose is all like, I wasn't fond of Molly either. And I'm just like, well, I hate you. <laughs> but it does lead me, you know, to question, like, so I guess I'm kind of going off the assumption that the most of the first chapter was a fabricated memory. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know anything about Molly. And what we've seen of Paige is like, yeah, she's kind of a bitch. Um, she's not like fabulous, right? And so yeah. I was thinking that it was, you know, Grandma Rose made rose not like her cousins so that she'd feel more independent or something but maybe it was that she was like oh i want like to care even like the slightest bit about this family <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um <clears throat> like i want him to care that molly is you know dead so that he'll show up and so i yeah but uh mags uh uh, uh. <laughs> um yeah so then sandra starts talking about the fact that they're all gonna start trying to kill each other um <laughs> she's whining about it yeah <laughs> well <laughs> i think johannes is whining about it Why, okay um, i thought yeah i was i heard whining. it's like oh uh, yeah what a pain people are just <laughs> gonna murder everyone <laughs> no like so sandra seems to be like what if we try not to like actually kill people uh if we don't have to and everyone is like mm. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and they're ah, like but- that benefits you and your strategy and it's like okay all of you are bad people like <laughs> <laughs> um so Johannes is like in the back like a fucking cool kid i mean like not necessarily the very back but still like like a fucking cool kid and then mags and the witch hunters are up on the front like teacher's pets i thought it was interesting that i mean she's taken on this new role in the town but yeah, she's more akin to the witch hunters than Mara or Briar Girl or someone who would be like, I'm staying out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, so... <clears throat> so 
Sandra's like, what if we don't kill small children? And Johannes is like, um... <laughs> <laughs> Because I mean, it's he's not really objecting to that. He's more objecting to like the mechanism of how to designate who is in or out of the contest, right? Yeah. So the first proposal is like an opt in, um, but he's like, a lot of my people can't speak, and what if I invite someone who shows up in a week from now and whatever, whatever, um, and they're like, okay, so an opt out, right? And like that, you know, kind of works. You know, people can say I'm not involved, and like or my child is not involved or whatever and you know that person needs to be there and have an excuse to be like yeah i'm totally down for the murder um so that's fun <laughs> um because yeah i mean i guess it'd be funny if you know sandra walked up and was like johannes is out um <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that'd be funny okay <laughs> So then it's like, who's who's in? Who's doing this? And it's Sandra, Duncan, Johannes, and Rose. And again, like, why is Duncan here? <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. That's we a don't, great question. Yeah. Like, we don't know any of the other Bahame adults. Um, but all we need is, like, one interlude chapter. And, like, we can totally get on board with um, a new character, right? Like, I, I mean, Duncan was also a policeman. And he's also you know, he seems pretty good at the practice and he whatever, but he doesn't have his ties to Jacob's Bell are like my family lives there. Um, I don't even remember he might have grown up there, but it's like not as good of a claim as presumably someone else, but maybe the aunts and uncles are like, fuck this. Um Yeah. But yeah, and he has his fucking like foot up on the pew, like he's like cool, and I'm just like, God, ugh. Like you're no. not cool, bro. You're not cool. Um yeah, so then Johannes and then Rose. <laughs> Yeah. And they're all like, hey, we know that you like don't know shit, but if a Diabolist is the lord of this city, people won't like that. <laughs> and we'll yeah. try to like dethrone you. Like not just us, right? Like other people. Like yeah. Jacob's Bell will be a target. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I know. And I'm like, what? Like, okay, so you're just being <clears throat> prick. Right. And Alexis is like, yeah, we're fine with this. And I'm like, why are you fine with this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This does not make sense. Um, God, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then more, more bickering, right? Where Sandra's like, altercations should take place inside Jacob's Bell, and Johannes is like, and my domain. Bleh. And I'm like, is your domain not part of Jacob's Bell? I thought it was. I mean, I know it's like the north side, but what? Also, who the yeah. fuck's gonna go into your domain? What are you even talking about? Like, willingly. I mean, I guess, <laughs> right? Like, <clears throat> I guess. Maybe he wants to be able to, like, shoot fireballs at people from inside his domain or whatever. And maybe that would violate some rules. But also, I just assumed that that was Jacob's Bell. Like, I I don't know. Um, and she's like, what if we try not to, like, murder people and instead had, like, you know, relay races to determine who wins? <laughs> and Johannes is like, no, I want to be able to murder I people murder in their people. sleep. Obviously. Yeah, I want to murder. Stop being so inconvenient. <laughs> It's making and it like, so hard. <laughs> I guess I could see that something about contests has something to do with connections and would give enchantresses a you know leg up or whatever. But it's still just ugh. I mean, um, she's probably like the best person for that town anyway. She, she twelve thousand percent is the best person for this town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, ooh. Um. 
Yeah. And so then they were like, okay, so like people can even just out. taking like, oh. yeah, even just taking like how good of a person you are out of the, out of it. <laughs> like she still is like the best. Right. She's, she's very competent. Um, she seems like politically savvy. Um, I think she wants like stability. Um, I don't really, I mean, Johannes wants to turn the town into another playground so that they will eat, you know, all the vestiges in the town and not like material people elsewhere. And that's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then fuck Duncan. It's like Duncan is like one of those, polit- like, I feel like there's a couple politicians in Ohio right now who are running for <clears throat> Senate or representative or whatever, who like haven't lived in Ohio since like high school who are all going back being like, yeah. And like, there are arguments to be made about whether people can like do a good job, even if they haven't really lived in a place for a long time. But it is like a huge, <clears throat> like ding in your claim. I mean, there's like Musser who just is like, I'm the Lord of everything. And so obviously me never having set foot in Kennet before is not a problem. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not Duncan. So yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, And Rose. Oh yeah. So they're like, okay, People can opt out, don't kill any innocents, and we can kill each other, but let, let, let's, like, try to consider not. <laughs> let's just, like, yeah. Right. And Rose is like, um, fuck that, bye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, like, what the fuck? I mean, so I got that now, like, it's undermined the, abil- like, you know, like, the others aren't going to stick to this agreement with each other because that's kind of undermining whatever, whatever. But like straight up, just make a deal to team up and murder Rose before the Lordship contest officially starts. And then once Rose is dead, like agree to not kill innocents and move from there. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I feel, isn't that like a nice compromise? Be like, okay, you guys all want to, you obviously haven't gotten murder out of your system. Let's just... Just to get out of our system, let's just murder this one let's person. Murder Rose. murder Rose. And then and then we go back to the rules, like we were all gonna do before. I mean, I guess the problem is like going back to Laird's analogy from the first arc, like the Thorburns have nukes, um, and no one else does. Um mm-hmm. and all of them cornering a diabolist who seems fucking crazy. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of a logic behind this. I feel like this is part of Grandma Rose's plan somehow. I feel like uh, there's a reason she's doing this, but it's not obviously <laughs> discernible. Um, and yeah, it's too bad because like yeah. no one remembers Blake, so you can't really even have that satisfying. Like, well, you sh- should have probably dealt with the nice one, right? You should have tried to, to kill Blake. <laughs> yeah. Don't you maybe regret that? Because now, like, Miss, like, No Conscience apparently is here to... Yeah. yeah. Well, I just... So she... Like, she's she's just objecting to, like, targeting innocence. Um, like, Duncan's like, what if we tried not to kill innocence? And she's like, oh, you're just upset because I almost completely destroyed your fiancé and everything about her with this bitch right here. <laughs> like, I just... The fact that she, like barely in my interpretation barely stopped corbinet from like like i don't know how to describe it right like completely ruining this woman's life who mm-hmm. did nothing other than be friendly to uh people who helped push her car 
Um, and like, I mean, get engaged to Duncan, but whatever. Like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. But also, so Rose remembers doing that. I guess she remembers the contest with Conquest and stuff and binding him and just probably remembers herself doing all of it. Um, and so then at the end, they're like, okay, you obviously have three baby practitioners who know even less than you do. And what if we go after them? And she's like, well, she says, try. Um, I mean, the thing that the thing that gives me hope is that she says, it certainly looks like I am that heartless, which mm-hmm. doesn't, which is not, yes, I am that is. heartless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's just acknowledging that she looks like a complete asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and she walks out and Johannes is like, ha ha, murder. And no one else is happy except for the fairy. And I just want to say, like, okay, Johannes, if you're in a room with a decent amount of people and something has happened and you're happy about it, and the only other people who are happy about it are fairy, you should reevaluate. <laughs> yeah, you probably done fucked up. You are bad. You person. done fucked up. <laughs> uh, and this just leaves me with like, why did you awaken your friends, Blake? And I, I would argue that this was not necessarily entirely foreseeable. Um, I mean, the whole them not remembering him wasn't entirely foreseeable because the, I don't know that they would have necessarily gone with Rose if they were like, well, Blake's dead, so bye. Um, but I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, next, uh, <laughs> Blake is pretty pissed off because he's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're fucking with my friends and they don't even remember who I am. Uh, so he ends up. Uh, making his way and uh he with some help um he finds the way to the witch's house um he gives her his t-shirt as a gift which she at first is like why the hell do you think i need this and he's like well (laughs) because it's a t-shirt and you probably don't get a lot of those useful and she was like all right that's a good point i like you (laughs) (laughs) she helps him to discuss some escape options the few that he has and shows him that in order to save his humanity he's going to need to confront carl yeah like middle-aged women like blake which makes sense um i thought it was funny that she was like i don't need a strip tease you're not that attractive and i was like you think he's attractive (laughs) 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 that's not true like she yeah she didn't necessarily want him to like whatever take off all his clothes but um yeah i was like that's not true (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so his more clues about the vestige thing um his hands are cracked. His leg is super fucked up. Um, I was like, obviously, the tentacle demon is really scary and bad. Um, I mean, Blake has gotten into a lot of physical fights in this book and been relatively okay. Um, but I guess part of that was the connections and other things holding him together. Um, mm-hmm. God, another thing that's... Well, so Rose was feeding off of Blake and Blake was feeding off of Rose, but more like Blake was feeding off of Rose. Hmm. But Rose was feeding off of Blake because she... I don't get it. Okay. Hmm. Anyway. Hmm. <laughs> God, two arcs from now, they're going to be like, just kidding. Like- <laughs> 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 Rose was... Or Blake was the material one all along. Okay. <laughs> All right, you're gonna have to make a bold and specific prediction about that no, later no, on. I can't. I can't. Can. No. I mean, you don't have to, but it'd I be it'd be funny. This. 
Okay. Well, Malia, you should have thought that about that before you decided to do this podcast. I thought. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this pod. This book was supposed to be scary, and so far, it's not scary. Um, but it's so much, <laughs> and like, it's so much in a really, really good way. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad it's not yeah. like too scary for sure. Yeah. No, it's it's fine so far. Um, I mean, we haven't saw got the demon from under the house yet, but. Hmm. We'll see. Just... Do you need to take a break for a second? No, they walked away. It was probably like Amazon. Okay. <clears throat> Amazon. Okay. Um, I hope we keep that in. <laughs> Add some flavor, you know? Let's be like... Real shows. life. They have real <laughs> lives. You know? They get Amazon deliveries. They Woo. get like random people knocking at their door. Woo! All right. But yeah, so we meet um the woman who has a name. I wrote it down. Zoe Artana. Um... Mm-hmm. and she seems cool and um like a real boon to this community um she's knowledgeable enough about how shit works that she's able to have a, a light bulb and a hot plate and a radio um she has a plant in her window um that's not like, fucking bad right like she looks like she appears like a homeless person um she, you know she's not like ms lewis you know immaculate or whatever but she's not an eldritch horror and so like she's living her life and she seems fairly content with um her lot in this place which is really interesting um she seems to have intuited a lot about how this space works um what kind of stuff does she get on her radio baseball i think it said that's right that's right (laughs) baseball yeah i was wondering how much of it was um current um or if there's radio waves sort of like bouncing around down you think there it's radio waves that got lost yeah <laughs> maybe mm. um but yeah so yeah like you said blake gives her his shirt and you know says oh i was homeless once you can always use an extra bit of clothing um and everyone always asks the same question which is how do i get out right um mm-hmm. so they sort of talk about the ones we had already established last chapter or last episode whatever um and we go off on a little tangent about um what v- a void used to be considered in like the ancient greek days where a void was more like chaos um not like nothing and so that was sort of an interesting thought when thinking about two arcs ago and void and darkness demons and all of that um maybe they've changed and evolved um Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool yeah um and yeah and so like blake has three things haunting him down here kind of um Mm -hmm. he has the deal with his past which is like represented by carl he has uh visions of the present represented by rose ruining everything (laughs) and uh he has like dreams of the future um Hmm. and mm-hmm. zoe's uh hypothesis is that you need to like embrace and confront all of these things uh and then that'll help you get out because she was like when i was thinking about getting out like i realized some of the things i'd have to confront and i didn't want to it wasn't worth it um and that's part of her thinking so confronting these things is an aspect and also she's never met anyone who has three of these things 
down here, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, God, and then and then she's like, "Your humanity," and he's like, "Well, I guess I'm not so human." And she's like, "The real question is, what are you?" Um, and so he realizes that he's an other. Um, but Blake and me both thought, well, people can become others, and so you just did that when you fell down here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though this was another like the- <laughs> another hint, there there's so many like things on the tip of my tongue that I want to be able to say about this. Like what you said at quite a bit at the beginning, like the real vestige was the friends we made along the way. And the, <laughs> the uh, it was me the whole time or, you know, I don't know. There's like, I'm going to find it. The, the fun <laughs> jokes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay, Blake, if you confront one of these things or whatever, then we'll, it'll help you deal with this, anchor that's keeping you here and maybe you'll be able to find some available exit or something Hmm. um and you know oh can i do anything for you and she's like well if you fail and you still live like come back so i can like figure out more about my hypothesis (laughs) and if you succeed um go to my grave in wisconsin and place a flower on it which is sweet Mm um i'm wondering if I mean, Wisconsin is convenient because it's not, like, incredibly far. Um, you know, like, it's not like, oh, I live in Toronto or whatever. But it's it's not like, oh, I live in, you know, Brazil or whatever. Um, yeah. So I wonder if there's some, if space s- correlates in this place with the material mm. realm. Hmm. Um, which is a thought I just had. But yeah, so yeah. hopefully he does that and that'd be sweet. Um, that'd be sweet. But it, right at the very end, she calls him stranger again. And I was kind of thinking, you know, oh, why did, why not tell her your name? Like, why not be like, oh, it's Blake. Um, connections are probably a decent thing for him at this point. But maybe, I guess, connections to this place is bad. Um, we see pretty soon how he is resentful of giving Carl his name because that gives Carl power over him. Um, but I don't know. I wasn't sure why she or he doesn't do that here sure well after that um blake goes through a twisted reimagining um <clears throat> reenactment i guess of the traumatic events that haunt his past yay fucking carl yeah um i mean so especially given the end of this chapter i guess one question is like so was any of this real i have like i'm very confused about alexis <laughs> but um i guess like on a certain level it doesn't matter if this was all fabricated because it's part of what makes blake blake and it shaped him um but also i don't get why carl and alexis look like themselves and no one else does um but yeah um this was a really interesting chapter because we know how this ends or at least we're fairly certain that this ends with like being raped by Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so everything that happens, right. I'm kind of expecting like just really horrible stuff. Right. And Blake mm-hmm. is really ramping up the, like everything sucks uh, narrative in his mind, um, which is fair. Um, but I thought that like the old man was going to sexually assault him. Um, I thought I don't know. I just thought so many, like, it was just very on edge the whole time. Yeah. Um, when it's just that, like, these aren't the best memories. Um, 
but yeah, so he's he's working on a farm um for no pay in exchange for food and a place to live. Um and he really likes it. Um it's fun seeing Blake um gain practical skills and living kind of a simplish life, but uh that's disturbed because they can't afford to buy him winter clothes. Um which and if he can't keep working for them, like they can't justify uh feeding him is kind of what it seems like um yeah and so this is really really upsetting to blake obviously um the farmer offers to help you know teach him about lighting like other skills um which is really sweet like the first time i read it especially i wasn't really sure and i'm i'm currently not entirely sure how i feel like i guess i'm like choosing to believe that the farmer is telling the truth here and that they can't afford um, these clothes for Blake. Um, a question I have is, do you not have any ex- like, I mean, a boot boots are expensive and he might not have like, you know, several pairs of boots. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe he, the farmer had something, but I don't know. I, I mean, I this, if, I get, yeah, I feel like if you're doing work like farm work or things that are hard labor, your clothes tend to wear out. Like, mm-hmm, so he probably true. doesn't have a lot of extra stuff, I wouldn't think. Right. Especially, like, if they're, if they're having, if they're hiring someone who's homeless, basically, because they're mm-hmm. probably not paying him as much um, as they would pay, like, Right. Some well, other- it sounds like they're not paying him, right? Like, yeah. They're Which, feeding him and he lives there, but yeah. So they probably don't have a lot of money. <laughs> right. They, no. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder what this, why, I mean, how much of this was just sort of filled in by spirits or whatever, and how much of this was, like, chosen by Grandma Rose or whoever in particular? Like, why is Blake so good at physical labor? Um, building things and whatnot. Are you um, saying you don't think that Rose ever worked on a farm? <laughs> <laughs> no. What if she was like a really like <laughs> country girl, and this is like the part they took so that the the only time Rose has ever had anything like resembling friends is when she bonded with some girls at the end of a camping trip about how it was gross that they hadn't showered. Like, I mean, Rose has never been to a farm. <laughs> at least this Rose, you never know. This could have been true. They could have taken all the fun. She could have uh, taken all the li- likable outdoorsy stuff. farm girl stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Could have taken yeah. all that stuff and we're like, fuck that. You don't need that <laughs> stuff to like summon demons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I don't understand anything. Okay. I'm um, not saying that's it. I'm just, you know, it's food no, for thought. I, yeah, she could have been yeah. like a real, like, you know, she, she could have had an accent. She could have been a horse girl. I mean, she could have been a horse girl. She could have been like helping, like, feed the, i don't know she could have gone to like her like uncle on her dad's side or whoever's house and uh out in the country and learned how to lasso and learn how to like maybe she went all the way the fuck down to montana or some shit where they have a lot of horses Mm. i don't know just making shit up maybe yeah i mean (laughs) okay from a scale from like zero to 100 percent, how much of that do you think like could be the case malia from what i just said um i don't know about the whole like going to a horse farm in montana um <laughs> but she could have been more 
nice and congenial okay. and so like uh, give give me a percentage out of that like how much of that do you think liked the outdoors uh 30 30 like percent all right yeah 30 percent of that might be legit then okay cool thanks yeah i like um, that i might ask you stuff like that sometimes <laughs> i feel like that's kind of funny like give me a percentage how much of this is bullshit how much of this, how much this is true this, this might be true okay 30 percent. Right. cool yeah <laughs> right. um but yeah so they so they go into town and the whole time it's just like is he gonna get kidnapped i thought the farmer was gonna like abandon him like i i was convinced that the farmer had like seen how blake had reacted and was just like i'm gonna take him into town and leave him there <laughs> i mean i guess blake could have walked back to the barn or the farm or whatever but yeah um that's what i thought was happening um so then they go, or he goes in this restaurant, and he sees some people a little bit older than him, and they're like, what's up? And he's like, do you have extra clothes? And there's this awkward silence, which sucks. Um, I think it's interesting here in terms of how like predatory and calculating Carl seems to Blake. Um, mm-hmm. The breaks between when Blake is following the script and not are really interesting and kind of telling um but yeah so carl got and then he's like um that's not cool you asked us a favor and you didn't even tell us your name i was like bitch what the fuck like like fuck off bruh yeah like what like um i just am so deeply upset by that um yeah because the, the proper thing would have been like oh hey man like i might have some stuff by the way like what's your name like i'm carl um not like, oh my god, you asked us for clothes because you don't have any and you wouldn't even tell me what your name was first? Like, okay. Um, I mean, I guess part of it is like the the power giving Carl the name is a type of power or something. Um, but I, yeah, I hated that. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is really random, but like rereading this because it was talking about like the food, like, you know, all these random others that looked like really fucking weird mm-hmm. um and like so each had beers and over fat burned french fries in a basket and they each took turns grabbing the french fries and biting into them this was like what what kind of food are they eating like and you know like like are, they, what do you mean? are these others actually eating like pretend french fries <laughs> or like you know yeah uh yes i don't know i hope so what <laughs> i don't know i just that is that is interesting anyway it's yeah not that I mean, it's interesting it's that just... it's not like you know fingers or whatever like it's like fries but it's like they're burnt right no they are a little maybe, maybe the yeah. place that he went to is shitty so maybe who knows maybe that's accurate maybe like they burnt all their fries and they're just like these big ass like chunky burnt fries <laughs> and people just eat them because they're having beer but i don't know <laughs> yeah no I, yeah burnt fries might find their way into the drains or whatever it's true yeah it could be um but yeah so he so he goes over and to carl's because he has to keep the memory going Mm -hmm. okay um and he (sighs) sorry (laughs) he goes over to carl's because he has to keep the memory going because if he doesn't then he hasn't confronted his past and he can't get out of the trains or whatever um and so um he has some beer and he goes to help build the chicken coop and right before the 
Carl the Shadow is basically like, if you say, like, this is your last chance to back out. Um, if you say no here, you know, we can stop this. But if you, but then you'll never get out. Ha 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 ha. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, an, what was probably a like, oh, okay, yeah, I can help out moment in the past in his memories is a, oh, fuck, I hate this. This is all awful moment in uh, Blake's reliving this, which is interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he stays because people are praising him for being good at things. He stays because he's angry that the farmer would fire him because he couldn't afford to buy him clothes. Um, he stays because he has sex. Um, it it makes a lot of sense to me why Blake stayed. Um, yeah. The The part where they're at the store and he sees the farmer is really sad. Um, it was interesting given that Blake uses this opportunity within the story or whatever to like reduce some stuff when he can, um, that he doesn't talk to the farmer and say, Hey, I'm really sorry. Um, but you know, I've got to keep living with these people because they have winter clothes, um, or whatever, you know, like the, I don't know. Um, but yes, you're, you're, we're seeing things here about how they're hungry and, oh, we're just buying things we can't get on our own, but also the things, they like their vegetable, like the, the farming plots aren't quite ready. Um, and so you're sort of seeing these things sprinkled in here where, you know, it's fun and they're together and they're all having sex and drinking alcohol, but also they're all hungry. Um, and in solidarity kind of um yeah um so then blake stops being satisfied with this way of life when one of the women gets pregnant um yeah and you know blake kind of figures out she was thinking about leaving and then she gets pregnant and um he thinks you know carl did this on purpose so that she couldn't leave um i guess people leaving would undermine what carl's doing because other people might leave um or something um the girl who comes in to have sex with blake that night when he says no um frames it like well her parents would make the decision for her if she went home um about presumably like whether to have an abortion or not and here she gets to have a say um but also she doesn't yeah um yeah so Blake's really, really upset by this and is starting to see that they're being manipulated um, and that, you know, the sex is a really big part of the manipulation. Um, eventually later, he thinks that Carl is stronger because he's probably feeding himself more than everyone else. Um, Carl has the money, the car. Carl has um, is older than them, uh, owns the land, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so Carl comes to be like, hey, Blake, like here you been not doing shit. And Blake's like, well, I used to work my ass off. And so other people can work harder now. Um, and yeah, so they go out and Carl's like, what's up, you know, trying to figure out what's going on and deal with the situation, I guess. Um, and Blake's really upset. Um, and part of this is that new people have come, um, in from Toronto, presumably the, Carl had taken the pregnant woman to go get checked out um, with the doctor. And so one of the people who comes back is Alexis, um, mm-hmm. who 
I mean, this threw me off kind of because I, so I think that, that they say that Alexis is younger than Blake. Um, I figured that she was older and I kind of thought that she had like gotten her life together around the like time she m- met Blake and then helped him find an apartment. Not like that they were both uh, homeless and stuff at the same time. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but yeah, and to me, it was like kind of a relief and a breath of fresh air. Um, and also she doesn't look like she's not an actor, quote unquote, like she's not one of the others. She looks like Alexis and I don't get it. Um, but yeah, so Billy finally like confronts him and is yelling about how he uses sex and food and things to manipulate them. And that he's kind of made all the women like they're all kind of in love with him or something. And um, he intentionally got that girl pregnant so that she would stay. Right. And then she overhears and he says straight out, like, yeah, you know, it's the truth kind of a thing. And apparently he didn't say that in the memory, but he's glad that he did this time. Yeah. Um. So then Blake's like, this is a cult and I'm leaving. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Alexis goes with him. Um. Uh, the first time I misread it and I thought that Alexis went in part to be like, hey, you can't just take this car. There's a pregnant girl. Um, but that was some other dude who said that. Um, I'm not sure why Alexis goes with him at this point, um, but it was cool. Um, and yeah, so they leave. They ditch the car somewhere. They go back to the shelter that they had like kind of known each other from. And Blake waits knowing that he's waiting for Carl to come assault him. Um, which is thrilling. Uh, in the meantime, he calls the cops on the commune and there were problems with the permits. Um, and he Blake's kind of like, well, maybe, you know, other people who wanted to leave now feel like they can because the cops have like, uh, shaken things up enough or whatever. Um, we learned that in the memory, he begged Carl to take him back and that he would apologize um mm-hmm. which i hate i hate all this yeah um we also learned that carl was not an other uh carl was only ever a person which is interesting uh i don't know if that means he's real i can't figure this out um i guess there's a world wherein uh this all happened to rose mm-hmm. um and those things were cut out of rose but i don't know if that's true <laughs> in which case like Alexis and Rose would have a really strong connection, but they don't. Um, it seems like. Anyway, so apparently uh Alexis kind of rescued Blake by clubbing Carl over the head. Wow. Um, which is awesome. I think it's interesting that he was just like, come in, Alexis, like this time, like weird, but Well, I yeah. don't think they actually like well, it it kind of seemed like they well, I don't know, it kind of seemed like they he paused they paused like i don't think they were having that discussion as he was being raped you know i think it was like right before so he probably was just like fuck it come on in alexis you know she was gonna come in so right i yeah i guess telling the story or the narrative or something because presumably if alexis is sort of standing outside the door ready she would have i don't know but yeah it was intense (laughs) Mm -hmm. so at the very end um during all that um Blake has an epiphany and realizes that he was the vestige all along. Yep. Ah! <laughs> um he yeah, he's starting to think why 
kind of like why was Rose created um, and realizes that if Grandma Rose could set up a vestige to take someone's place, why didn't she set up a heterosexual page? Um, Which is, I think, I don't remember if I explicitly said that in a past thing, but I sort of remember saying something along those lines. Um, And that is kind of, I think, the key to understanding that there are some a little bit of what these limits are um blake's the one with the time limit not rose because Mm -hmm. blake is the fragile one um and you know straight page wouldn't have been able to last Mm um i'm curious about yeah was page still the first choice kind of um because that's what rose and blake both seem to think um but having children is a apparently super important and biological children i mean the thing is like lesbian page could have biological children i'm just like whatever okay do you think it's more of that or do you think it's more that like that just get married to a man both i guess i figured she could just get married to a woman yeah and have biological children the whole thing with the contract well yeah but why did she make the contract like that i guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the contract doesn't specify you have to have a child. Um, And I mean, she also doesn't, I mean, presumably doesn't test them to see if any of them are infertile or whatever. Um, It, it, I guess it felt to me like the marriage thing had to do with um, children and passing the line down or whatever. But maybe it is important that the Thorburn Diabolus is married to a man. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, so his tattoos are a lot, and he's like, why do I get possessed so easily, and why am I good with glamour, and all that. But then he's like, why did I remember everyone? And I don't get how this is part of why he's a vestige. Um, Maybe something to do with the connections, but also, it's like Mags was remembering and experiencing things the whole time. I mean, I guess, theoretically, a connection being broken should also rebound on him but again mm-hmm. with mags she wasn't like you're not my father's anymore you're maggie holt's father's um so i don't know um but yeah so the fact that i mean that grandma rose would make a being with this sort of backstory so that it didn't physically touch people that sucks <laughs> um yeah yeah <laughs> i guess yeah. this is the part where we talk about what the fuck is happening um <laughs> so i guess some thoughts are like does rose have a reflection um is a question that i have um was carl real was is alexis real how do they make people think blake is real um blake says something about a behame or something saying that the connections weren't real connections um Hmm. so i guess they fabricated those um are you asking or are you just no i just had like a thought that i don't okay, like yeah i'm like i yeah that you don't like okay <laughs> well because the duchamps deal with connections right um mm-hmm. but so does corvidae hmm and i hate that thought <laughs> that grandma rose took rose's connections and used corvidae to twist them to make them blakes um if the bar, uh, if she's like making a vest, like a vestige, does she need to do that though? I don't know. I mean, 
all these people had to forget about Rose and remember Blake, right? So, like, presumably, I mean, not nec- I mean, presumably, the night Grandma Rose died was a fabricated memory for Blake. Um, but we see Callan and the Walkers in town, and they like know who Blake is and stuff. Um, which you know, if it was limited to just his friends having weird fabricated connections and like no one else ever actually coming into contact with him right so everyone else was a new connection like that seems plausible um but again yeah they all had to forget i mean because the people in the town wouldn't know about rose because they'd never met her um because she didn't live there um but yeah if there's if there's a connection to alexis um like how how did blake have an apartment in toronto (laughs) unless it was Rose's apartment in Toronto. Um, or they went and put a magic mind spell on Joel to make him set up a vacant apartment or something. Hmm. Um, yeah, like, I guess a big, big question is, has Rose changed? How much did cutting away her reflection to make Blake change her? Um, this whole time I've been thinking that Blake hadn't changed. Um, that it was Rose, like he no longer had a reflection, but a reflection is a mirror image. Um, not this reminds me of you remember that? Did you watch you watch Jimmy Neutron, right? The show, yeah. There's that episode where Cindy and Jimmy switch bodies, um, and to switch them back, they dump their brains into that computer and sort all the traits out. Um, hmm. And there's like the ability to whistle. Can Cindy whistle? And like, like there's all these like, like aspects of themselves. And so, like, can Rose no longer whistle? Right? Or was it just like a copy, paste, and then alteration? Um, like, does Ivy exist? I presumably Ivy exists, right? I guess her parents had Ivy really late. Um, was it because she ran away? Was it just a thing that happened? Uh, was Rose lying when she said that she became the heir the first night? I just don't know. All good questions. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> uh, how confident are you that you're going to find the answers to all these from 0% to 100%? Uh, I don't know, like 70. Okay. Like, you think you're going to find. 70% of the answers, or you're 70% sure you're going to find all the answers? More the first one. Um, okay. I think that Wild Bill writes satisfying stories, but also um, I, sometimes he writes things and I think that I just don't quite get it, like the whole Pied Piper thing. Um, so I'm not sure how much of it will have to be revealed by people being like, it was this, versus me just getting it, um, or him spelling it out, but a lot of these seem like things we should find out. <laughs> okay. I guess. Sure. <laughs> All right. We are at our pale in comparison section. Um, it looks like uh, we did take a look at Blake's backstory, or at least a twisted version of it. Um, and it looks like you wrote down, you want to see if we can talk about comparing that to the Carmine Alcazar, which I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I just... Um, this is a really interesting way to do a flashback. Um, it's it's a flashback, but Blake has the capacity to make different choices. Um, and also it's like creepy and twisted and gross. Um, but 
yeah, being able to see the the choices and thoughts Blake had versus the choices and thoughts Blake has is really fun and um, a neat way to do this. And reminded me of how when the three kind of tears go into the Calramine Furs Alcazar, um, they experience the Carmine's memories and experiences, but like kind of as themselves. Um, they like you don't just learn about the Carmine, you learn about Lucy and Verona and Avery and stuff when they're in there. Um, and while sometimes you're sort of left with like, oh, what actually happened, like in general, it like you get almost all of it and i don't know it's just like a cool way to do that while also developing other stuff Mm -hmm. Um, yeah no it's really cool yeah did this actually remind you of anything else from pale or anything um that in particular (laughs) i think it's kind of interesting looking at the council meeting and kind of thinking back on some of the kennett other meetings as well Mm -hmm. um just like how that kind of reminds me a little bit more of like um how Rose is more like Edith. <laughs> oh god. Or she's just like not getting along with people. She's not wanting to play along. <laughs> just kind of being a pain in the ass. And everyone's like, gosh damn, I wish you weren't even here. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of reminded me of that. That's fair. Um yeah. All right, Malia. I'm looking forward to this. So <laughs> Do you have a bold and specific prediction ready? Um, no. <laughs> well, this is the format. <laughs> so you're going to have to suck it up and come up with one. <laughs> well, gonna... I, I, I think that, yeah, what I realized between this week and last week is like, Blake probably won't get Forsworn. I mean, maybe, I don't know. But like, it's mm-hmm. probably Alexis and or Ty um, because of the whole... I won't learn anything from the books. Promise. Uh-huh. Um, so I have a question for you then. If you don't one. have. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Is Blake getting out of the drains? Yeah. How? <laughs> because we know he's a vestige now. So does that make any of those options more likely? Or is that, does that not make a difference? Or like, which way do you think he's going to choose to get out? So I don't think he'll become a boogeyman. Okay. That doesn't seem like his speed. Um, could be a nice boogeyman. <laughs> could be like, I'm going to boogie on down. <laughs> like boogeyman, you know? Yes. <laughs> that also doesn't seem like Blake's speed, but I'd be super down. Um, <laughs> I want to see a, a disco boogeyman someday. But I don't think that quite... I mean, who knows? It probably could make it work. Sorry, go ahead. So no boogeyman for Blake. <sighs> yeah. The, I mean, like, I'm not sure about the whole finding a practitioner. Maybe he could find one and be like, look, please take me away from here. Um, I, I guess I sort of thought that he was going to do the find an exit and make a deal. Um, sure. Making desperate deals is a big thing with Blake. I guess that could be a thing with a practitioner, like if he finds a practitioner also. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm sort of leaning toward that route. Okay. All right. Um. Any clue on, I guess, what he's going to bargain for or like, what's he going to give up to get out of here? Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking like a, like a, you know, go out there and do X, um, but it, I guess it could so be giving up. He's, so he's either going to give up something or he's going to go out and be like, hey, if you let me out of here, I'll go do this task for you. 
type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Trying to think any other. Um, do you think he's going to make it to Wisconsin to put a flower on the grave? Um, no, but I think he's going to think about it before he ultimately dies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So Blake is, so, okay, this comes to another prediction then. Um, okay. When is, because you just said you think Blake's going to die. So when is he going to die in the story? <laughs> at the end. <laughs> okay. So he's going to die at the end. Um, is this, do you think that he, like he's going to keep trying to help Rose or no? What do you, okay. <laughs> I think he's going to try to help his friends um, kind of like survive and get away from Rose. Um, I think he wants to stop the Thorburns from being like this. And I think he wants to destroy or um yeah i i'm not sure that this book will necessarily be like a tragedy but i don't see like uh you don't see like a sunshiny happy ending (laughs) you don't see you don't see disco boogeyman you don't see riding into the sunset with like evan flying next to him Mm. and him on his super cool motorcycle Mm. i love that but not really all right well i'm sure i could find a lot of other questions to ask you but um i'm gonna not right now because that's gonna make it hard for you to fill in your prediction tracker letter true and we have so many discussion questions we have like five (laughs) thousand yeah you know what every now and then like it's it's just so funny because sometimes we'll we'll like think be like oh this is a great thought-provoking discussion question and we'll get like no answers which is fine because you know sometimes it just doesn't oh, that's fair yeah. you know click with people it's fair and then sometimes you, i mean i did think this one gets some answers but like sometimes you get a discussion question question and everyone's just like oh fuck yeah i'm gonna tell you every <laughs> fucking detail about I, like i've planned this out already like mm-hmm. for years i'm gonna tell i've you been waiting this. for this discussion so, question <laughs> yes it's great it's great um so but because of that um we are not going to read the entirety of everyone's discussion question answers because it's just a little too much. Um, unless you want to listen for another hour, which maybe you do, but I don't really want to continue talking for another hour of reading stuff. Yeah. Out. So yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to go over it. Um, I apologize if we've cut your short, but we're actually going to try to read everyone's answers, which is great. Um, if we miss yours, I apologize. Um, yep, sorry. It was an accident. Um so our previous discussion question from last week was if you were getting a tattoo that you knew would change like Blake's, um, what tattoo would you get? So we I'd start. Like start. Oh, yeah, all right. Malia's <laughs> going to start. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so Richard McRae messaged us on Twitter um, and said that he would get tattoos of animals that represent his children. Um, and they would change depending on like how his children were doing. Um, so he oh, recently, I love that. It's so cute. No, he recently adopted um, a little girl who's still a baby. And so she can't really like talk and tell him stuff. Right. No. And so having her uh, like a tattoo of her, like, like a bear as her, you know, like, okay. So, okay. The, the tattoo representing her would be a bear. And so maybe it would be like a teddy bear when she needs like love and support and maybe it would be like a grizzly bear when she needs like protecting or whatever but like a way for him to understand like his children and where they're at and what they need 
Um, and I thought that was so cute. Oh, that's and so cute. Lovely. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. Shoot. I want to do that for my, I mean, if I could get <laughs> tattoos, I'd do them for my kids. I don't know what I'd do for Lily yet. I was going to say, yeah, what would they be? Miko would be a cat for sure. He <laughs> loves cats more than like me, probably. He loves cats. He <laughs> like, loves he every loves, cat. He loves cats. Um, Like, oh my goodness. Lily, I don't know. I'd have to, I have to see. Uh, is she, she definitely is like a ferocious little kid. Um, I feel like that's a good way to describe her. Like she's very, she's, so she's kind of like a bear a, and, and just like really, really cute. But then when she gets mad, she gets really <laughs> fucking mad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know about her yet, but Miko would be a cat. Um, yeah, that's fair. That tracks. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> All right. That's a great answer. Thanks, Richard. Um, so Kippos um, answered and she gave a pretty, uh, pretty long pretty cool is a pretty cool read um essentially um just to summarize she wants a centipede it's wrapping down her arm with its face at her wrist um the feet would have blood trailing from them down her arm i think it had a depending on like how herself and how everything was doing there might be more blood and more um might have some wounds i think she was saying if i remember correctly mm-hmm. um but that's pretty cool mm-hmm. and this is big eloise duchamp energy yeah Super <laughs> cool. um yarl would have a watercolor style tattoo of a sailboat um with some background so the the boat represents like their self um and the condition of their self um whether they're like going with the wind or not would be like you know are they gaining power are they stalling out um and then i really liked the idea that like the clouds could be um their karma so whether there's like storms ahead or like sunny days or whatever. And that was fun. I like that. Yeah. I really liked the visualization of that. It did make me think of like, yeah, uh, a painting or something. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I don't know why. It, I feel like these like tattoos and stuff kind of remind me of like, um, you're going to love this, Malia, uh, the haunted mansion at Disneyland or Disney world. Mm. Cause there's this part you go into, um, like in the beginning um, where it looks like there's like a bunch of like kind of normal ish looking <laughs> paintings, paintings on, and the then, wall. on the wall. And then is like the elevator goes down. Like it shows it was hiding part of the painting and they get longer and longer and it kind of shows something like creepy or uh, they don't quite look right. You know, <laughs> so I just imagine this boat like being really nice sometimes. And then when like doing really crappy, just like super <laughs> thundery, the boats like cracked in half and capsizing <laughs> and there's sharks all in the water. And yeah. And then when it's nice, it's like, Oh, there's a nice sailor that's like sailing and like maybe someone's like fishing. And yeah, I don't know. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, next Coro um, describes a sleeve of leaves on water floating down their arm. The leaves and their configuration represents their identity and self while the water and its flow represents the forces underlying and directing that configuration. The quality of the water, maybe with some little indistinct fish or objects in it could focus on the forces acting on me broadly in the state of my connections. I thought like having fish or whatever in the water was a really cool thought. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so a bird really identifies with Blake um, and says that they would probably Makes have sense. A- <laughs> yeah, a tattoo that was similar. Um, 
but instead of a tree, it'd be like a landscape um, with birds um, and kind of talked about various aspects of it. But my favorite part was um, that they say they wouldn't have expected their metaphorical fields to have nearly so much sunflowers in them 10 years ago. Um, but a bird has grown and a bird is marrying her, I assume, sunflower, which is very sweet. And that's very sweet. I love that a lot. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. I like it. Um, all right. Sengachi. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, um, you are way smarter than I will ever be. Um, <laughs> I'm saying that because like, holy crap. Um, you put, Sengachi put like, it toasted on discord and on reddit um and put this huge ass like explanation that is way over my head about um <laughs> what, you, or what did they say like quantum uh some kind of quantum net um mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. supposed to represent all of like the fabric of reality and we don't actually know what it looks like yet but they're trying to figure out what that looks like and it's constantly kind of fraying but also getting repaired and all this stuff um so yeah so we'll just we for our notes we wrote down error quantum correction algorithm (laughs) anti-demon properties given what they represent or at least demon damage mitigation properties yeah sorry man like I, it's way over the, it's way we had to literally uh, like we i shouldn't even admit this but i was like talking to Malia about this i was like how do i like summarize like how do we summarize this and we were like i don't even know if i know what quantum means and so we're like well let's at least google what the hell quantum means and it basically means like the small. minimum like basically like the smallest small. fucking it means something really small like a really small amount of energy um and for physics like really small amount of energy the, the um smallest. like in proportional to the amount of radiation it represents so but like something really fucking small and then we were thinking i mean i don't know it, like if this was a quantum tattoo it'd probably be too small to see but then we probably would i mean you know that's ha 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 just kidding i know it'd be magnified but it's way way i mean i probably could have just read your thing and instead of my explanation for it being over my head so much but yeah so if um, you didn't have to google the word quantum just now you should go to reddit and check out Sengachi's response yeah i mean hey even if you did have to google the word quantum you might just appreciate it anyway and just be like wow there's people who like study this on purpose like choose to do this and yeah yeah know what they're talking about which is great because um i don't know maybe in another life i could have been a quantum physicist but it sure as hell ain't this one so truth all right (laughs) thank Um, you Sengachi. by the way yes (laughs) um orbital oracle said they'd get a simple outline of an eye on their inner wrist um so it could like open or close um as their self gets better or worse um the iris would change color or turn into a spiral or some other symbol which is really fun oh if they're like possessed or mind controlled which sounds useful um also it would be able to help them figure out if their connections were messed with um and it could look in directions at like whatever their the connections are telling them to pay attention to or to ignore based on you know yeah yeah i thought it was pretty cool which sounds super useful. Like this is very mm-hmm. yep useful. It's a good idea. Um, 
me c1 me is c1 uh, whatever i'll maybe someday i'll learn how to pronounce that just like uh vestige um macy one uh wishes uh, he was admit he was admitting he wishes he could get a mini me that could age alongside him and show him how he's doing but it would probably be a little too vain so for an actual tattoo um it'd probably actually get a cup or a goblet um status of the cup fullness or colored of liquid um that would all show how they're doing yeah this reminds me of um moana um maui's tattoo um yeah wait the which, how does oh the little mini me the mini me yeah yeah because um, like on the one hand i don't like maybe vain but on the other hand like so fun especially like hopping all around your body and like yelling at you like cool that's true <laughs> oh that'd be freaking sweet i would love to see that i wonder what i wonder what me see one looks like <laughs> And I like wonder what he'd what look like in little mini Maui form. Little mini Maui form. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. That'd be cute. Um. So is this RI Raider or RL Raider? I think it's RL Raider. RL Raider. Um. Hello. Um. They already have some pale tattoos, which is pretty cool. Um. They have the girl by candlelight, and they're planning on getting the other kind of others. Um. And they have an idea about, like, if they have a tattoo of an other that's providing them power um, and that relationship change and the other stops giving them power, then, like, that tattoo would fade, which, like, kind of cool. Yeah. Next, Ace of Sword. Um, They had, I think, three paragraphs that were talking about different um, ideas for um, barometer type tattoos that were really, really cool. But I had to cut that all out. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was talking. So I decided to talk about. Um, or the last paragraph was said an actual potential tattoo in the future that could work as a potential barometer. Um, they wanted to get an awakening theme tattoo with pillars that were represented. Um, but they they weren't quite sure on what they'd put on all the pillars yet. Um, but yeah. I thought that was cool. That's really cool. Um, Wentonator says they get bone tattoos overlaying real bones. Yeah. <laughs> so the, like if they, broke their arm there'd be a fracture that appeared oh no i'm lying <laughs> now read the thing malia jeez <laughs> sorry jenny takes notes on the reddit stuff and i take notes on the discord stuff so yeah it's fine so it's fine fractures would appear on on the bones when karma takes a hit um if their self has been drained the bones turn more yellow and porous um and if there's corruption or possession the bones turn red or you get like tendrils wrapping around them, which feels very otherverse approved. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I've seen bone tattoos before. Really? Um, mm-hmm. huh. You should Google it. Actually, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, but um, next, uh, expensive ad 8633, which is kind of a hilarious name um, to me. Um, I was talking about a potential like coral or fungal or hive tattoo um the growth and structure would show self-status and the strength of the swarm would determine spirit um a swarm attacking something um would indicate possession or if it i mean was the possession was working really really well potentially a bleaching effect um and they're also saying like different variety of like the creatures that were inhabiting the swarm um could show the realm that they were currently in I thought that was pretty cool. 
That is cool. I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm not caught up, but I'm wondering if this person is currently caught up with the Adventure Zone and or listening to Ether C because that reminds well, me a lot of I'm that. Well, I'm not, so don't. <laughs> don't. Uh, yeah. It reminds me yeah. of a character in Ether C, which is pretty awesome. Hashtag um, spoilers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it's kind of, it's not a surprise that Ether C is going to have like a fucking coral. Coral stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Captain Rhino um, says that they would get a Vitruvian man tattoo, that like Leonardo da Vinci sketch with the, the arms and stuff. Yeah. And like, sounds useful. I mean, that does seem like a pretty good barometer for how yeah. you're doing. So cool. Um, Let's see. Do you have a new idea for a discussion <laughs> question? Or are we just going to say, f- well, I mean, ha- how about this? How many of you have drank your own urine? <laughs> we mentioned it before. I bet none of you expected us to actually ask. Um, you know, it's yep. anonymous. Like, you don't have to, we don't know you. No judgment. It, or if you know someone who's drank their own urine, why? Why? I want to know why. Like, have you drank? Have I mean, I'm sure there's better drunk? discussion questions we could come out of this, but, you know, I I feel like... We inquiring I feel like I know. should... I want to know why. <laughs> have you seen any benefits from it? Um, I feel like... I might be kind of biased in my opinion of that, but I want to know. Tell me. Yeah. Or if, you know, or any weird, other weird crap like that. Um, that's like, that's really the weirdest one I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I don't know. It also feels like, I mean, we did, we did talk about it. So we did talk about it. It's true. I mean, I'm not expecting any answers. I'm kind of hoping <laughs> for no answers to be totally honest, but, um, but I, I mean, but at the same time, no, like if you were a listener and you want to tell me your experience, I would love to hear it. Yep. Because I want to hear, I want to hear the reasoning and I want to hear if it's done anything for you. Um, I mean, the only thing I can, like when I think about people drinking their urine, I think about like people in like a desolate, like in the, you know, the desert or something like people who like, who are like in a desert doing situation. it to survive. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's one thing for sure. Like, right yeah but i mean yeah i i guess I, i'm glad that you were thinking of that i was thinking of like um for fun. This pretty oh. much <laughs> yeah i was okay. like just i'm just I'm, i mean i'm not considering doing that for fun i'm just thinking i don't know there's a show i saw a long time ago and i don't remember what it's called but like it would talk about it was, i think it was strange addictions mm-hmm. i don't know if you've heard of that show but it would like no. talk about people who are like addicted to very odd things and i think like someone there was someone who like was addicted to eating like the stuffing of like her couch like she just kept eating it someone who is like addicted to eating borax um and then there was someone who was addicted to drinking their own urine um oh. and they all like were taken to like a doctor and uh checked out and were basically like hey uh your labs are all screwed up um this is obviously having an effect on your body. You should probably stop it. And most of the time they didn't because it was just uh, so like ingrained in them and so, so addictive. They it couldn't sounds stop. like that thing, pica. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Just like yeah. more specific. Mm-hmm. Pica or pica. I don't remember how you pronounce that either, but yeah. Let's I mean, see. Help I me out, Google. Because of Brie. So I learned about it in nursing school first off, but huh. I, apparently I don't, still don't know how to pronounce anything. So pica. Okay, Pika. That is Pica. right. Thank you, Google. I appreciate you. I'm just going to try to look that up so people aren't like, wow, 
mean, you'd think if you have a podcast, you'd know how to speak. <laughs> I mean, you do. And I do. So you're welcome. That's right. <laughs> what? Okay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I like, my kids are making noises, so I'm getting distracted. Um, but uh, you're welcome for the great discussion question. <laughs> I hope it's very thought-provoking <laughs> for you. Have you drunk your own urine and why? All right, guys. Um, on that note, um, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash media. And if you'd like to support Wildbow as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash Wildbow. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 9.5 and 9.6. Fun fact, Dan Frost, which is not a very German name, but (laughs) is a German scientist um, from... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from the Bavarian Geo Institute. Um, or I was trying to pronounce this in I was trying to pr- read this in German and Malia's just like to say Bavarian. Geo Institute? Something Thank like you, that. Malia. Thank I don't you. I know how the that. G would be. I have no fucking clue. But um basically this guy, Dan Frost, um, has created diamonds out of peanut butter at this institute. Um I guess they're tr- he's trying to um, mimic the conditions of the Earth's lower mantle, um, which you're like, what does that have to do with peanut butter? <laughs> um, so I guess it involves crushing rocks to like some really, really, really high pressures. Um, and um, so he's like basically used this to make diamonds. Um, and he's also apparently made diamonds from carbon dioxide, which is really interesting, what? which is kind of wild. Yeah. According I mean, it probably this... produces too much energy to, like, save us from global warming, but... Yeah, like, I'm not gonna lie, this, like, <laughs> this article, because this isn't, I'm not reading a study, but it's an article here on BBC, um, starts out with being like, every so often, Dan Frost hears a dull thud and his office floor vibrates. It can only mean one thing. One of his experiments has exploded again. <laughs> And they're just like, everything's protected. It's not dangerous, but it's just, it's kind of funny. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. All right. Um, um, also, I guess this means that peanut butter is Rose's best friend. Is <laughs> who's best friend? Note, Rose, because she's a material girl. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> okay. Peanut Bye. butter. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Have a good week. Peanuts are a girl's best friend. Wah, wah.